Punch episode nine. Episode it's nine, episode not nine, episode eight. Not episode seven, as some of us had to believe. Not five, not six, nine. I am Fildy Monkey. This is my cohort, Wing Zero. Hey, uh, and we're here with you every week. Yes, but to this week, this we have a special good. guest. Uh, we have a venture from the SNK forums. Hello, the f- all. The famous Avenger. I'm not yeah. famous. <laughs> I, I'm sure in some certain circles. It's like, Avenger? I've heard that voice, voice and name Yeah, before. you can Google me. You'll find, like, five posts on Google. That'll be it. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. All right, so he's going to be with us this podcast, uh, helping us, you know, belt out the news and the reviews and whatever the hell we do. And this week, we'll be reviewing... One Piece, not so much like a synopsis of the series, but... One Piece is much, much too large for us to cover everything, especially since Lewis is barely into the series. But uh, What we're going to do is that we're going to give like a little introduction for people who have either been introduced to this through the 4Kids dub or just don't know about it at all. Yeah, I mean, if you're like, One Piece, what the hell is that? Maybe you saw, like, a really bad version of it on TV, and you're like, what's the big deal? I thought it was bad. Well, we're going to set you straight. And we'll also be discussing Metal Gear Solid. Not Metal Gear. Yeah, we'll talk. maybe we'll talk about the MSX games. I'm yes. the only one who's played them, I think. Out of I, both of you. I own them, but I've never played them yet. Well, yeah, because yeah, the, they came on the, on the subsistence disc for Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, and I have not gotten around to playing it yet, but I will. And we will also be giving a super quick review of the... Season premiere of the Venture Brothers. Which was awesome. Which we just watched on Adult Swim Fixed. Yeah, like really like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Something was supposed to start today. Hmm. Alright, so I guess we'll uh, start off with the news. Alright, um, I'll start off. There's been there's been a lot of sad news this week in animation. First of all, Richard Town Sutcliffe, the creator of Davy and Goliath, has passed away. A fan favorite to many. Hey, hey. He made Davy and Goliath, and if he didn't make Davy and Goliath, we couldn't make fun of Davy and Goliath. I thought they were already in the Bible. <laughs> True. <laughs> I just proved you wrong. But they were already, a, they were never characterized as a little kid and a dog. And also, no, I guess... No, they hmm? were not. No, and also, I guess, you know, they, they were doing, what, what was that animation? Claymation? That wasn't clay, was it? That was claymation. That was claymation. That's they what were, they call it! They were one of the pioneering people in their field, I guess, right up there with Gumby. Yeah, so, uh, you know he's. Well, yeah. Wasn't there another guy, uh, Dan Housen or something? Ray Harryhausen. Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen. He did a lot of the claymation you know, for some lo- of the movies. If you look at uh, the Corpse Bride, the piano that the character Johnny Depp was playing said Housen on it, and that really? was a tribute on Wikipedia on that internet. Av Av is your name. This is Wingsy Go. I am Phil. We know who we are, right? Just because we have one new person on the podcast doesn't mean I'm not going to screw up and not call him by his name. Right. 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 But it's a lot cooler to find these, like, references, like, in the Corpse Bride, as you were saying. Yes, definitely. Because it's 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 cool in the fact that you may not know who it is, but then later you go and look it up, and then you're like, wow. As opposed to what Wing did here, and just went on Wikipedia first. Then it totally ruins it. It's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew you, that was going to happen in the You movie. know what's even worse about it? I haven't seen the Corpse Bride. <laughs> it's not a it's bad actually movie. One I'm, of, sure, I'm sure it's not a bad movie. I loved, a, uh, what was... Uh, Night Before Christmas. Night Before Christmas. I love Night Before Christmas. You know I'm the movie, movie buff. You know I know this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, no, but uh, Corpse Bride was 
really well done. In fact, I think it was better in some senses. In yeah. some in technical senses. Technical sense, and they used a digital cam. They actually used a full digital HD camera, frame by frame. And yeah. the, the memory. That's the, how they always did it. It I had like a, it had like a fifty gigabyte capacity on it, and it was just still frames too. That's what was funny about it. Yeah, I've seen that uh, at the Best Buy, and uh, it, it looks amazing. I can't believe what they what they can still do with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, and. Um, Beyond Dave, the uh, creator of David and Goliath dying, um, Harvey Corman, who a lot of us know as the uh, voice of the Great Kazoo, passed away this week. Oh, he was also in Blazing Saddles and all the Mel Brooks movies. Really? Which one? Don't you like mean... Like, every one of them. Don't you mean, like, I know the guy who did Heather Lamar passed away this week as well. That's him. Harvey Corman. No, that's... Is it? Harvey Corman was in Blazing Saddles, High Anxiety, Dracula Dead and Loving You it. think? No, I know. I'm a movie guy. You know. I know him very well. I know who Harvey Corman is. Abby, yes. we're, we're just going to take your word for it. I, we'll take we your, don't know enough about like, it. Yeah. I don't know enough about this. I knew he died. And he's if, very funny. He's a like, really great he is, If he is Hedley Marr, he's a very funny guy. And, yeah. he, and supposedly my dad said he was on some show called The Carol Burnett Show, even though I don't know what it's that is. Old, it's an old um, like uh, comedy, comedy like, show. It's a comedy show. Like, comedy yeah, you watch, all, you watch those all the time, eh, Zero? Mm, no, never. never. I never watched sketch comedies. Except the ones from the 80s. I don't know. Some of them were actually pretty good in the 80s, though. I don't I know. know. Sketch comedy shows, like, what, kind of like Sanford and Son? Is that like a sketch comedy? That's, That's a sitcom. That's a sitcom. A sketch comedy show is like Saturday Night Live. Wait, wait. The, oh, the sad, last, old the, the last great sitcom, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this once, was Cheers. Cheers? Cheers? Really? Really yes, think so. between 1980 and 1993. Why do people always have this opinion? Like, the last great sitcom was no, no, 20 no, no, years really, because ago. If you really, no, 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 but if you really look at the progression of comedy, you you know, you had, uh, what was it? You had Cheers, which died out in, like, 90, 1993. Then you had Frasier, which was okay in the beginning, but then kind of died. Maybe it's the, the three-camera setup you're talking about, and if people don't know what I'm talking about, it's like, it's... They would have they have this one stage, and that's where the whole show would be. But they have three cameras, so they can do close ups and. and you know, uh, now that I think about it, I've watched plenty of reruns on that show. You might have a point, but the, I'm, what I'm talking about is it's the only sitcom I've ever seen that was consistently funny every single episode. That's Drop Dead on the floor laughing funny. I don't know. I guess all the sitcoms I've seen have been really bad. Like. I don't know, Coach or Harry and the Hendersons Coach or maybe was okay, Alf. Maybe average. <laughs> well, maybe because you, you fantasize Alf was this amazing thing. Hey, Alf was amazing. Okay, he will always be the best. I've, Alf. It's just uh, I'm through my rose tint nostalgia glasses. That's why I'm looking at Alf. Uh, he did help us. Wayne, he did stop, Wayne, stop that kid from doing drugs. Your glasses are dirty. Your glasses are dirty. I'm just gonna say. That. Hey, hey, he did stop that kid from doing drugs. Remember Cartoon All Stars: The Rescue? Oh, so I don't did, think anyone so ever. So did Fat Albert. He's done that plenty of times, or hasn't he? I don't know. I don't know that much about him. I don't I know, know much. He saves about kids from doing bad things, like taking drugs and drinking milk. Or no, whatever. mostly just uh, rocking it out in garbage like dumps. <laughs> all right, and um, the stereotypical black fat guy. Yeah, I know. And that's all the news this week, really. There's not much of major importance. All right. Zero? Yeah. Well, uh, here's the video game stuff. Not too much either. Maybe it's been a slow week. And Good and Evil 2, there's a uh, trailer out, and from the looks of it, it looks freaking amazing. And I'm sorry to say it, Nintendo fans. I'm a Nintendo fan myself. Why are you, why are you throwing out conjectures? Why are you throwing out like predictions like, it's not coming on the Wii? Because it's 100% positive. The way it looks cannot be done on the Wii. 
They can minimize it. They'll they make won't. It, they'll make it's it look too, like crap. They won't. They, then they would have to release it on PS2, and they've already said they're only going to be releasing on next-generation consoles. Wait, are it you is sure? a next-generation console. I understand it, but the Wii does, on, wing, doesn't wing, have wing. the processing power. Are you sure cardboard. it's PS2? Because those graphics that PS3. I've seen... Oh, PS3. PS3. Yeah, yeah I'm the saying they can't bring it. Like they, were PS3. they can't bring it to the PS2 because it's just uh, it's too graphically powerful. The Xbox 360 and the Whoa. PS3 are the only systems I could see doing it. The Wii uh-huh. just doesn't have it. I could see that. If you look at the graphics, yeah, I could see that. You know, and I think that's a shame because... Uh, Wait, is it not recording? It's recording. Like, yes, just because it, just because you can't see the bar, I I think I know how to handle this. You see, it's oh. right there. For you viewers listening at home, um, Rocket Punch is a production where we are watching little bars on the screen go up and down. All right, so I didn't I know if it was... I love the bars! Yeah, it uh, keeps our attention. Anyway, what was I going to say? Yeah, it just can't be done, So, uh, which is a shame because on the GameCube, it sold the best. It came out on the PS2, the Xbox... And the uh, P, uh, and the PC, PC yeah. and also the, the GameCube, version. and the GameCube version sold the best, and I think it's a huge hit to uh, to the fans of the series who are mostly, uh, I'd say, I don't know, maybe thirty percent of them, opposed to twenty five percent or something, are the fans of the game. It won't come out to the system, but uh, hey, at least it's are you happening. just throwing out this as a conjecture of the quality? Because when you said it on the website, you were like, "It's not coming out for the week." Well, I was saying that because no, I was, it's not. I was, I was hoping it would look worse so it could be on the Wii because I'm a fan of the original game and I don't have any other systems, so it's... I, I don't know. Play, I can say that I played about 30 minutes into the PC version before my version, for some reason, crashed. PCs tend to, the, tend to crash, crash out. Yeah, that's no, what no, but, it, but I know, but it, the, it was very buggy, the PC the, version. And I did eventually play like the demo of it on the PS2, and it was all right. But I've, I've heard that the GameCube version just had better frame rate and the graphics were just overall better. I, it was very good. I've beaten Beyond Good and Evil for the PS2. Okay. And it was a very good game. All right, well. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm anticipating the sequel because they kind of leave it at a cliffhanger at the end of Beyond Good and Evil. Don't tell me. I yeah. won't. Okay. No spoilers. I haven't so. even played it. I have only played like 15 minutes out of okay, it. Okay, yeah. okay. The game isn't old enough to you to talk about spoilers at this point. Right. But uh, the people making it said that it's going to be a bit more casual than the last game. Really? And I thought this was very casual. And it and it, it was it From was the demo, actually it seemed pretty casual. And I don't know how much more you know if they're going to dumb it down a little bit or something because it's already pretty casual and, and uh, like that. But uh, I, I guess don't know, they mean the stealth they sequences they have. Maybe that. Um, I think, you know, as long as you give me different difficulty levels, you can start, you choose at the beginning, you know, there's, there's no problem with that. So, hey, looking forward to it, maybe I'll get the PC version, because I'm assuming it would come out on the PC. They put, said they could put it on everything they could run it on. So, alright, uh, next, uh, next bit of news. Uh, Wario Land, a new Wario Land is coming out for the Nintendo Wii, not the DS, the Wii. And it's going to be 2D. Which is not happened in recent memory uh, on the Wii at all. It's going to be a platform. What about the Super Paper Super Mario? Super Paper Mario was was two D. I'll, I'll give it that. But it also had like RPG elements. It wasn't a. It pure was two D. It I, was. Am it I was. the only one that thinks it was sort of a rip off of Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo? Or? You can't rip anything off if you're the person who made the previous game. Yeah, you can. They didn't make the previous game. Yeah, you can. Oh. You can. Squaresoft made, made RPG. Oh, no, 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 I'm talking about... Intel- are you talking about Intelligent Systems? The, how they made the Paper Mario games and how Super Paper Mario is ripping that off? Uh, I... No, I was just referring to Super... 
what was it? Uh, Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I mean, that. I guess not ripping <clears throat> off. Ripping off is a bad word. No, for it this. kind of is because in Japan, the first Paper Mario for the Nintendo 64 is called uh, Super Mario RPG 2. So they well, were okay. they were trying to go yeah. in that direction. I agree with you on that. Okay. Um, but well, how can you call that ripping yourself off if? Well, I it's guess a direct I didn't sequel. Know that, but it's okay, like but saying I... Final Fantasy VIII is a ripoff of Final Fantasy like five. <laughs> Suck on that, Final Fantasy fans. Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII is my favorite. I'm just gonna say. All right. Okay. Anyway, so it's 2D, and uh, it's it looks like Nintendo DS graphics. So maybe they'll make it. Uh, they'll use the processing power from less graphics to make the game longer. Uh, you're going to use the controller on its side, old school Nintendo style, which I really really like because. You know, those virtual console games, I've been playing those Nintendo games, the original ones, like crazy. And if this is a good pick-up-and-play game, that is what I've wanted. I love uh, The Wii is already really casual, but if uh, I'm just happy that we're actually getting another platformer having a uh, console release. Most of those are locked down to the Nintendo DS. What do you guys think? Did you play Wario, uh, the Wario Land games on the Game Boy Advance or anything No, like I didn't. That? Never. No? Um, yes, I did. Well, I have They're to fun. say... I'm- I guess I'm kind of I'm I guess I'm kind of going back with nostalgia here. The last thing I ever played with Wario was Super Mario Land three, which was Wario Land one. Yeah. One. Well, think on of the that. Game Boy in black and white. You know they really didn't change much. They made uh, they made at least one more sequel. Then they put the Game Boy Advance one, and then recently Wario and Master of Disguise on DS. But that really wasn't. It was just kind of like they reused a lot of stuff from the last game, and put it in there. Right, Wing. But Wing, you will be proud of me. I beat that game on my own without using any cheats or a game shark, and I had both at the time. So well you had done. A pla- did you get a planet, or did you just get a castle? Uh, I don't remember. Actually. Oh, you're thinking of Warrior Worlds, aren't you? No, I'm thinking of Wario. I'm thinking of Super Warrior Land One. I guess where that's how you put all your money together at the end, and depending on how much you make, you get a castle. Or you get a, a little treehouse. <laughs> oh no, I got a castle. I collected a lot of money. Yeah, well, I know that for a fact. That I was asking I because uh, Wario Worlds for the GameCube, which was made by Treasure, I love that company. But uh, they uh, they had the same similar mechanic. If you gained enough amount, amount of money, the thing at the end would be bigger. Um, well, you know, I'm really excited for it. We need more platformers on like main systems. Hopefully, if this does good, we'll get more 2D side-scrolling platforms on the Nintendo Wii. And uh, I'm definitely gonna buy it. You know, unless it turns out that it's like complete garbage. But I really don't see it happening. Um, what else we got in the news? Uh, Square Enix apparently had a big meeting last, uh, last month. Now, this is a rumor. This isn't confirmed. But, uh, reports... Why are we talking about it? Huh? It's news. Why is this in the news section? Because... It's a rumor. Because it's a rumor. This is the rumor part. This is the ending of the news section. So, rumor, they had some kind of meeting, and, uh, all the main guys at Square Enix, uh... They're saying, listen, we can't just keep making games that we want to make. We can't just keep belting out Final Fantasy remakes and sequels and Dragon Quest and then on the side do these, like, really quick RPGs on the on the Nintendo DS. We're losing money or here, Or the people. cell phone in Japan. Yeah, the cell phone. They have a market with that, too. And uh, they're saying they need to branch out and do, uh, do more stuff or people were going to start, like, getting massive, you know, layoffs and firings. Yeah, and, but I mean, uh, how long can you milk one cow before it dries out? You can milk a cow till it's getting by. FF7, <laughs> yeah, which I'm not... I will one day, if I continue to do this show, go on a rant and why I hate FF7 to, with a 
passion. You, you can skin, uh, you can uh, shear a sheep many times. You can only skin it once. I mean, but we're honestly, talking about this is the cow metaphor, not the sheep metaphor. Okay, but honestly, I think, and I'm going to say this. I've said this to a couple of my friends. I'll say it here. What they could have done is spent all that money and all that effort into re honestly remastering FF7. Making it look better, and I think it would have actually gained something. Wait, if that's you, what they'll do. If you were just saying you hate FF7, why do you want to see it remade? Because it could use a remastering. It's like watching an old, old film on a VHS tape that was soaked in water. So, well, would I you want a remake of Charlie Chaplin's. Um, what's a Charlie Chaplin film I'm thinking of here? I, don't, I know most of them, so go ahead. Um, no, no, I just like my my blind. Like City Lights, Lights that I first saw. City Lights. Do you want to re- do you want to see a remake of City Light Lights with Brad Pitt as Turtle Chaplin and high definition? No, no, no. no. All these no, no, no. See, that's no. I'm gonna have to and I, Michael Bay as the director. Not to offend you, but that's a false analogy. What I mean is, I'd like to see it redone on a Blu-ray disc with a high-definition digital transfer so it looks good. Alright, well, that's... You know, I agree with you on some points. Um, back when they were making Final Fantasy VII, that was what really triggered the huge RPG boom in the PlayStation era. I can and, understand that. And at that point, standards were different. Many people agree that Final Fantasy VII does not have a very good translation, that most of the story just doesn't make sense in some parts. No, actually, that's not even my problem with it. Well, I think the story was actually... Pretty, I pretty think good. his problem is Except with the graphics. The, that well, too. No, they I, look like block characters. No, on but the I. World. But that's what's one problem. Because uh, I actually got phys- I actually got bad migraines from playing the game just because of the I get blurriness. those too when I play these kinds of games. Where no, like- no, no. But here's my argument. Why was that game? Why did that game look so bad? And if you look at Legend of Dragoon, made by I believe it was produced by Sony exclusively. Yeah. That game looked damn awesome. Now here's your answer, Avenger. Um, you have to look back at what Squaresoft was doing at the time. All uh, Final Fantasy VI back to one were all 2D. This was their first 3D game, so you have to give them a couple, you know, some some liberties with that. It wasn't their first game. Their first 3D Final Fantasy, let me put it that way. And Panzer uh, Dragoon, while it looks better, was developed by Sony. No, they know no, their hardware, Legend don't they? Legend of Dragoon. Legend of Dragoon, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just um, sitting in the corner reading a book here, folks. I'm sorry, Phil. Anyway, say, but this is something I'm very passionate so, about. So, so back, uh, back to the story that we were actually talking about. Sorry. Square Enix is saying they can't be so introverted and they can't keep belting out these games because they're taking some serious financial hits because people are getting pissed off that they're not making anything different. You're gonna lose fans over time, and you can't, you can't bring new, uh, new people in without new stuff. That's basically what they're saying. So uh, they're actually talking about maybe they're thinking of doing another merger, and this like this is rumor. This Wait, could like well, who though? I don't know. It might be Square Enix Atlas eventually. Uh, okay. Why? Square Atlas. Well, <laughs> Why would Atlas do anything to co- contribute to any kind of theme of making new ideas when Atlas is just repeating the same idea over and over with the RPGs they produce? Because they're both probably in the same hole. They both know that they can't keep belting out the then same what, things over and over. Then if you put a negative and a negative to that together, it doesn't actually make a positive. I know, I know, I know. But maybe with all their money built together, well, technically, they can come up with some new does. ideas. Anyway, um, okay, so so they're either going to be doing a completely new game, you know, a bunch of them all at once pretty soon, or they're basically screwed out of a ton of money. Um, I think they should start doing new stuff. I remember when they did things like, uh, you ever play Einhander on the PlayStation? 
No. Well, that was a uh, side-scrolling 3D uh, spaceship shooter. You know, oh. that's something that they don't do anymore. They, uh, I don't know if they did toe ball or not, but that was that was very different for RPGs and stuff. Maybe that was a fighting game, though. I know it was different. Um, let me think. Well, I guess that's the uh, end of that. Uh, next news piece we got. Uh, apparently, all video game reviewers uh, online and uh, in printed media have been told by Konami specifically not to uh, say anything about the two about the ninety minute cutscenes in the uh, in the game. What are we supposed to say about that? That's like that's completely <coughs> ignoring the problem that people are having with this situation. Well, I I don't know. It's Konami's saying uh, to to allude to it because they don't want it to uh, to put people off. You know, they don't want any mention of it at all. And there and uh, Konami says there's at least two there's that are ninety two? minutes. Yeah. But why are we not what? I don't understand what Konami is saying. Not to mention the cutscenes. Well, they're they, there. They exist. That's right, the problem they, we're having with the game. Right, but they don't want people knowing that because they think that it'll put people off from the game. It will it putting me off from the game. I know that. We already know, but there's plenty of people who, you know, don't get out as much and don't read up on this news. AV? Yeah, what do you think, Avenger? Um, Apparently the game has at least two 90-minute cutscenes. That'll be solid for. Right. Uh, I don't see what's wrong with it. It adds to the cinematic style. I mean, come on, let's look back to Metal Gear Solid 1. Okay. It started out as one of the, really, one of the first real cinematic, real-time games. Right. <clears throat> now, <laughs> grant you, the game did not have 90-minute cutscenes, because, obviously, a 700-megabyte PS1 disc... We're not talking about technical grand- limitations. We're not no. talking about gra- technical li- limitations right. here. Okay. We're talking about the problem is that no, it I know, distracts I know, from I the know. gameplay. I know, I know, I just thought I'd add that in there. Um, what, what I'm saying, though, is I don't think it's going to distract from the gameplay as long as the narrative is still intact. Right, but see, the main problem, I think Konami is looking at the situation and saying, oh, crap, if they hear that there's some 90-minute cutscenes in here, they're not, they might be off-put by it, and in the worst-case scenario, they might lose sales. Right, but, you know, obviously, when I first heard it, which was just like five minutes ago or so... <laughs> just now. <laughs> yeah, you know, on the internet. Um... You know, it, it kind of threw me, but, I mean, I'm used to hearing, like, 90 minutes worth of cutscenes, but not one, like, two 90-minute cutscenes. They can't be back-to-back. Back. They said that they were no. spaced out. I mean, that would be ridiculous. I'd be watching, like, I mean, a really, okay, really long movie. I, since I, I'm going to plead ignorance here, did they say it was going to be, like... In the beginning and at the end, or they have not seen where, where it is. Where it is? Oh, they, okay, they could, for all we know, be back to back. We have no idea, but they're saying the Konami representatives said there were at least two that are that length, and in all likelihood, they're probably going to throw a couple thirty-minute ones in there. Okay, you know, now this is where this is where uh, this is where Hideo Kojima kind of is a hypocrite here, because you know he'll always ma- ever since the PS One, he always maintained that the disc didn't have enough space. I mean, even Metal Gear Solid Three, right? Now he's saying that the 50 gigabyte Blu-ray disc doesn't have enough space. Well, duh! If you're gonna add in two 90-minute cutscenes, he's a very theatrical director. I, and he, I appreciate it, but don't start complaining about lack of disc space if well, you're going to be putting in ni- two 90-minute uh, theatrical or cinematic cutscenes. Cutscenes, yeah. I think the main thing with him is this is his uh, his artistic vision. He wa- he wants to be a movie director. I'm sure he'll eventually, you know, try and do at least one actual movie because he's 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 expressed interest in it many, many times. I think this is just that uh, that want kind of bleeding into the video game medium. I, I could see that. You know? 
I don't know, as long as you can skip it, that's fine, but at the same time, I don't want to skip something that's that long. That Snake, means why aren't you going towards this direction that we told you during the cutscene? We gave you specific directions, you go north, then you go east, then after Not that you stop by the sea. 60 minutes later, Phil continues. I'm going to continue like this because that's probably going to be part of the cutscene. Yeah, I hope that's that they, what we're worrying about. I'm worrying about the same thing. I hope they don't do it. I hope that at least that the narrative is just, you know, explanatory of the story and not where you have to go next in 90 minutes. Right, right. That would be the worst case scenario. But even then, if like let's say it's just one gigantic scene and you were able to skip it and just press start. I don't want to be like in Alaska and all of a sudden, oh, a cutscene. This is probably going to last. Now you're in the Middle press East. start. Yeah, now I'm in the Middle East <laughs> and I've got like a timer on the corner explaining, you know, that their place is going to be bombed. And there's and eight no guys shooting at me, and, and I don't have a gun. And you have nowhere to, and you have no idea where to go. Right, my, my camouflage doesn't work all of a sudden. Yeah, right. You know, like, we don't, we don't need that. We don't, you know, uh, if the, they just need to space it out more. Like, if it were, like, maybe a bunch of 20-minute ones or something, and that's still pretty damn long. Yeah, You know, well, spaced yeah. out more, I think it, it, it could have worked. But it's probably just a, uh... Correct me if I'm wrong, a, a, Aside from the end of Metal Gear Solid 3, I don't recall that many long cutscenes. Do you remember Metal Gear Solid 2's ending? Oh, well, absolutely. And if you remember, there were plenty of long uh, cutscenes in there, you know, when they were explaining the Patriots and the, uh, you know, the... The, the whole uh, entire convoluted story that Kojima... Yeah. Let's, we'll talk about Metal Gear Solid later. Let's go on. Okay. Let's go. Let's switch topics. You're right. You're right. All right. So I guess we're going to be talking about... Wait, wait, wait. Now, huh? Actually, there is... um. Another <clears throat> bit of news from animation I just realized. Uh, I put it? up on the website. Did I? Did you read the news story I have about uh, the Tokyo, the Tokyo Pop, Pop, Pop Rising star, Stars of Manga? Have you heard about this, AV? No. I they guess. have a contest where Tokyo Pop will take submissions from American artists for a 20-page story to be put in their books, and the winner will get a contract for a series. Right, but basically they completely strip all rights from these people who, who you know win these contests, and, and they, they don't exploit win. them and whatnot. And they don't win any fee. <clears throat> they, they're supposed to win a prize fee if they were to win. Come but on. the fact of the matter is that they're not. They don't have to give you the money until even after they've requested a second pilot. Yeah, it's it's really really bad. Oh, it's just them the trying to suck out talent from people unsuspecting unsuspe- uh, like, new also, artists. They also take the rights of comics that aren't even like put into the Rising Stars of Manga program. They take all the rights from anyone that submits anything into it. Oof, that's, that's absolutely horrible. I, I don't see... I, like, I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to get, you know, free stories and stuff without any work and just rip people off. But I don't know. It's, it's a smudge on the industry. This kind of stuff But the thing is, is that, like, if they had a little post-it note that they sent to Anime News Network that basically said, it's like, oh, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. It's exactly what it looks like. If the contract states it and someone goes over and is like, yeah, that's what it says, you can't... There's no... There's no way to find the truth. About it, yeah, yeah, but a lot of people don't read contracts. What? Like, kids. If the U.S. Wanna... housing market. Kids. As a prime example. Kids. Listen. Listen to Phil D. Monkey right now. If you want to be king of the pirates or king of the comics, what you do is you go on the internet, see, and you go to Blogspot. There's more than one now? And, <laughs> yes. Like, this site is on rocketpunch.blogspot. 
Cool. And you like maybe you get your comics together and you put pages on the internet. I think it's called web comics. Do, have you guys heard of this? Yes. I've heard of these web comics, but I have no idea how they make. They any look like revenue. crap. <laughs> Total crap. Most of these comics. I know. I have a friend who. Uh, yeah, I know. He, he's really into them. Some of them are funny. Sometimes they're just uh, really stupid. Penny Arcade is hitting this. They're, yeah. they're okay. Pretty there's good. a lot of web comics that are like in all seriousness. I was kind of being sarcastic here. Uh, I don't know. There's there's. Yeah, with any medium, you're gonna get a lot of stinkers before you find but some good stuff. But Tokyo Pop, uh, what they the do release Beck. Yeah, they do. They do. And I, Gantz. I enjoy Beck and Gantz. But have, anyways, but I will on, say I do have some experience. I have seen some Beck. Uh, Wing Zero here has exposed me to some. That was a while ago, man. I remember that. Did you? How, how far did you get into that? I think I saw maybe three episodes. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm it's not about, a lot. I'm talking about the comic. Oh, the comic. Oh, I'm sorry. The comic. Okay. The anime is very close to source material. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you, you know. But moving on, like right here, we're going to do a rocket punch first. We will be reviewing one episode of the Venture Brothers season premiere. So, uh, which uh, Wing Zero and I just watched. And uh, AV here, it doesn't seem like you were much of a fan of it. You didn't... Uh, I didn't quite know what was going on. Well, it's like it's... Very much at this point, you need to be a fan of the show. You need to have watched all the episodes, including right. the season finale. That's why I usually don't like jumping into shows just like like five years into it, and all of a sudden, hey, here are the characters. You're like, these or, aren't... hey, this isn't funny because I don't know what's going on. But this uh, is, I guess this is really that kind of a show where you have to know what's going on. Before. It is, Let's, it is. It didn't so used to be. I, don't, I didn't mean to offend anybody, but I did kind of want to. Be okay, 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 okay. No, no, it's okay. Um, the first season, there were a lot of self-contained episodes. Where it's they still were self-contained. It's just like suddenly now they had more plot strain like connected. Yeah, they kind of threw this at the. And last this is and this season, season three pilot kind of brings up the whole monarch doctor girlfriend relationship that ended with the season finale last year, and we get a lot of backstory on that basically. Yeah, they threw a lot of stuff at us on this episode. Like the uh don't let's not spoil too much. Well, I don't know. There's references to previous events, there's new story that's added, there's lots of cameos from older villains and like heroes and stuff. And the Venture Brothers do not make an appearance in this. Not N- at all. Not even in none of the characters from the main cast, even in a uh, voice. Yeah man, that's like that bummed me out. But anyway anyways, it's a good epi- it's a good start for this for the season three, especially if you've been waiting as long as uh, everyone else that's been wa- watching since Very season one. Very long time. But uh, it's a good episode. That's our yeah, review. I, that's all I can say that's about it. That's all I can say Without about it. Without spoiling any more of it. It's it's excellent. If you've been following it up until this point, why the hell wouldn't you continue with it? It's and good. it's premiering on the Adult Swim Fix now. Yeah, I, don't know, like, I don't know if it will stay there this weekend. I think it will. It's. Uh, I know the okay. episode is premiering on Sunday. And it's premiering on Sunday on the Adult Swim. Now, on to the main subject of hand. A introspective <laughs> of an introduction of an introduction to One Piece. So, what is One Piece? One Piece is the adventure of a small Japanese man named Luffy D. Monkey who declares himself that he will be king of the pirates. And he goes around beating up other pirates. That's the basic premise. That's the basic hmm, premise. Your name is Phil the Monkey. I wonder where you got the name. Did from. I say Phil the Monkey? Yeah, it's Phil the Monkey. Well, did I say? No, Luffy no, D. no. Monkey. You said Luffy the Monkey. I was because I always was like, ah, oh, I'm not that full of myself. No, no. I was referred to as Monkey D. Luffy because the Japanese how they re- how they reverse and flip things. But whatever. His, Shut his up, your Japanese. His name is Luffy, 
All right, he he's a pirate. He goes around trying to find other pirates to join his and crew. And starts the elusive treasure One Piece. Now, the reason we are going to discuss this gigantic series, which at this moment is 350 episodes and 500 chapters of comic book. I'd say about 50 of those episodes are filler, but... It doesn't... It's 300... That's still 300 episodes. Why yeah. do you think it's like, well, here's my it's excuse. popular, yes. Here's it's my very excuse popular in Japan. for what... It's 300 episodes. It's still a whole And you're lot. like... And if, per se, you were introduced to this through the first American dubbing Who, done on the uh, Fox box that and we Cartoon Network... we pity you very, very much. Or bad. you just don't know what One Piece is. Like, I'm new to this One Piece thing. What is it? Well, I'm not exactly new to it, I've, but I, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of the very bad four kids dubbing of it, and I got yeah. a bad taste in my mouth it's from still, it. Still, it'll never, ever go away. It is, like, to... Yeah, really, I'll have to, to agree with To phrase this to people, the four kids dubbing is probably one of the worst dubs ever conceived. Definitely. Like, in terms of destroying context, in terms of destroying tone, in terms if, like... If Orson Welles was alive and knew about this, he'd be rolling in a pile of his own peas. <laughs> split peas. And vomit. Delicious split peas. <laughs> and wine. But he would like he would be very mad at this if he if he didn't get disgusted with this these terrible Japanese cartoons like the Transformers movie that he was in. Oh, but, he was in one of those? Not shut up. But yeah, we're not okay, going into back we're not to going one, into Transformers. Yes, he was actually. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> we're not going into Orson Welles in the Transformers movie. Back to One Piece. Okay, so what do you think of it so far? We've like, been uh, how many episodes did we watch we this watched new dub? Not, now this is the new we, like remastered Zero, uncut dub, correct? Yes, yes this is okay. the definitive I version. I thought it was much better. To, I'm actually interested in it, and I to, never thought I'd say that. But to, this is, I, mean, I, I hate to cut you off, but to elaborate to our viewers, what we have here is a box set that just came out this week. You can't see it, but we're waving it. Like, called One Piece Season 1. If you're psychic, the first, you can. The first boil, which contributes the first 13 episodes of One Piece. Only $39.95. It's about $40. This is a pretty good deal for a... Uh, for, uh, anime set of 13 episodes. Yeah, honestly, I didn't think they'd do this, and this is a great thing for the fans. Like, and this is a very <laughs> small box. I'm like, I was surprised. Like, I thought this would be much bigger. I thought, like, it would be selling off shelf space and be selling, like, hotcakes. Yeah, that's not the case. I guess it's kind of low-key, but at we least it's happening, guys. the way we went, we went to the Best Buy, it's like, hey, do you got one piece season one? It's like, yeah, get, let me look in the back. I got three copies of it. What? what? Only three? Only they redub thirteen episodes, and they're doing this whole giant redubbing process, and only three. Three. Huh. But well, we got you a guys copy. did go to Best Buy. I'm sorry, but their selection of anime is not always. The well, best. that's the selection of anime in the U.S. Yeah, ADV isn't helping. There that. Is, you. I would. You know, I have to say though, and I'm not trying to plug anybody, but Barnes and Noble's online store has a very big selection of anime. But they're very. They're. They're. Oh, they are no, godly, I mean, godly expensive. Yeah, I know. I know. But I mean, I know you got to. But let's cut off because I don't want to get off topic. Right. I'm sorry. But we watched. Um, the watch the first. No, we five watched episodes? the first five episodes. Yeah. What do five. you what would you think about the show based on these five episodes? Um well, I thought it I thought the I think the comedy is pretty good. It's not immature like some animes are. Um, there's no fan service, first of all. No, and that's exactly not at this point yeah, of the I show. was gonna say that. Yeah, there's there's no fan service. And it's just uh I think it's a good combination of humor and uh, good action type of anime and, and I like adventure, it. yeah. And adventure, yeah. And Obviously it just, it's pirates, it's yeah, gonna be well, adventure. And it doesn't take itself seriously. That's no, what no, I, that's, that's what I like about it. That's yeah. the tone I like. There's all these shows that have been running for hundred, hundred and fifty episodes, even the comedies are like have to take themselves super seriously. 
or no one will watch it. But this is like, yeah, I'm cool. You can watch me, or yeah. you don't have to. And I want to say one thing. You know, I saw obviously uh, Wing and Phil here did did expose me to like some of the bad uh, dub versions of the four kids version. Oh boy! Yeah. And, and and just the music alone was done like on a Casio like uh, electronic to, keyboard. To from elaborate the 1980s. on this, to elaborate on this, the original musical soundtrack is a full orchestra. And it is very nice music to have. I'm definitely, because I'm, I'm a big, I appreciate classical and music. And I'm very, I, I love this soundtrack. I have a whole bunch of CDs on my computer. I don't know. Four Kids, they just ripped this anime apart. Well, the thing, let's be you know what Four Kids was doing is cutting it, it was, they were very much cutting the show apart. They couldn't have the original music in because it would, it would cut along with all the cuts they would make. So they had to have a new soundtrack. So people didn't notice all these edits they so were So they put in a lot of wacky sound effects, too, so, like boings and kapow. They also put in, like, the Casio, as A.V. was about to say, is... It's pretty terrible, and it's not... I don't I mean, know. it sounds like some guy was sitting in a half-assed studio with a half-assed electronic keyboard from the 1980s doing it. I Maybe know. he had an 80s haircut, too. He had this long, oh, long no. guy goofed up, yellow blonde hair. He's oh, like, no, what please, quiet. What's this quiet. show about? I think of a man with a very bad mullet. But that's just me. I'm kind of now that <laughs> I'm thinking about mullet, this. You never shut up about the mullet. It's coming back, y'all. Quiet. <laughs> but back to the show, and it just it just ruins all the tone, the entire tone of the show. And they also they rewrote a lot of the dialogue, so that as opposed to like this, just funny situational things that would occur in the show. Every moment had to be filled with a comedic pun or a joke that you were fun in the joke book. So let's see anything serious. Uh... Serious music taken away, puns put in its place. Any reference to death gone. Uh, yeah, that person's in prison forever. Person's uh, prison forever. Smoking gone. Alcohol gone. M- blood mostly well, almost all this gone. Was a, germs. This was set germs. for a a broadcast on the on Fox Network in the morning. So I like you have to that, give yeah. some considerations for what they had to do. But you know, but this is the this is an argument I got. Okay, listen. If you're going to make a show, do it as it was intended. It was not intended for four-year-old to eight, four to eight-year-olds. Yeah, this was intent, This was a family show in Japan. Mm-hmm. This was. They have a different demographic, but still, I agree with uh, I agree with Avenger here, and uh, he's saying, you know, like four kids in the first place should have looked ahead of time and seen how much editing they were going to have to well, do. Well, this was a big franchise in Japan. I think they just saw the marketing number. But, but they saw you, they but, could milk it. But but it's kind of like taking like the recent Rocky movie, which was bad anyway. I like the No, Rocky I liked that movie. Okay, I thought it was but I mean, into it. But, I mean, but go on. Yeah, but what I mean, it's like it was trying to animate. It's like trying to take out all the fighting scenes and just condensing it into a children's movie. No, I think you missed the point of that movie. But you're going. Go I don't on. know. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not saying. I'm not. I don't know. I'm just saying though. It's like you don't re-edit something to fit some type of demographic. So what? because they make, aren't they making it? It seems like they're making it cheaper with their chaotic franchise. But chaotic, you respect chaotic. what is what is chaotic? Chaotic is that flash cartoon they have in the mornings on four kids. I've never uh, heard of that. I don't. I, I'm not er, er, up early. It's a card that. game. Yeah, it's wait. a card game. Oh, so so listen, that that's perfect for them. Make something original that's crappy, and then make merchandising from it. Don't take something that's well, great and established not... and rape. Well, well no, like no. as I was just saying, it was the market. They saw that there was this big market of it in Japan. This is the number one show in Japan right now. Yeah, but number you, one still. I don't know if it's still number one, but it's still pretty high up there. I know it's one of the the highest rated shonen shows. 
But it's uh, one of the highest rated shows. Don't say it's shonen. Well, no, that's the category it's in, isn't it? It's a shonen show, but it's still one of the most popular shows in Japan. Yeah, like right. they had uh, what? Where was that? Uh, they they remade at least twice. They made the first ship and the second ship. They uh, they, they remade re- the ship. It was like a Disneyland for One Piece. I saw the oh, the first ship, the Going Mary, of uh, that is presenting this show as the pirate main ship is was remade in Japan. Life size to scale. Wow. Yeah, that's how popular they did that. And then they made like life size to scale like, you know, uh statues of the main characters. You could take your pictures with them and stuff. And then they had like a one piece merchandise gift shop and they had like tons of stuff. But let's go away from the They might as well have a one piece day in Japan. They may let's go away from this to like what did we not like about the four kids dub? Everything. Everything that we liked about one piece. Everything that was good about the Japanese dub was bad in the English dub. Because I honestly see sen- nothing that was carried over. Okay, but again, the word censorship. It's all, I mean, really. I mean, didn't you tell me, Wing, something about Yu-Gi-Oh cards and how they censor that, cards for America, the American market? Well, yeah, but that's also that's also marketing with 4Kids. 4Kids brought... Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, actually, uh, Konami so it, uh, said to 4Kids, uh, they're like, Hey, listen, here's Yu-Gi-Oh... Do something with it because we now we got to make money off these cards, and they just ran with it, so, and uh, so they just they yeah. really did edit out like the whole first season of that show. Let's was, talk about yeah. something that isn't Yu-Gi-Oh for once. Okay, no, 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 no. All I was doing was making a reference. I'm just yeah, using, it happens all the time. You don't time need to talk. To, we don't. To okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off topic. I'm just using. No, that was I'm, me. That was me. I'm just using that as a reference because I'm tired. Of everything that comes to America has to be censored because the poor little Americans are going to get offended. You know what? It's art. Art can offend people. Look at Picasso. He offended plenty of people. But with animation, it's a different deal because a lot of people don't see animation as art. Right, I well, mean... Well, then that is a problem within itself. I mean, listen, if, if animation can't be taken as seriously uh, as a as an art medium, you know, as seriously... Uh, movies are accepted now, obviously. Uh, obviously, well, it's been around I, for a long yeah, time. Then gaming people, even can't even do that either. People well, discuss Ghost in the Shell in books. Professors talk about Ghost in the Shell. Professors talk about Miyazaki. Okay, Miyazaki was what I was going to say next, because, you know, for instance, yeah. uh, Spirited Away. How can you see that movie and not tell me that is a masterpiece of artistic vision? It's it's like I mean I, I mean listen I got my own father to watch it and he hates anime he <laughs> thinks it's the greatest thing since Fantasia yeah honestly you know what uh, Miyazaki made a deal with uh, Disney for when they were distributing it yeah, so he, gave, he said he never them? ever edit anything ever well again. let's elaborate this let me elaborate go on ahead this. you know more about it than I so. Basically, to basically cut to the point. <laughs> oh man, that wasn't very punny, Phil. Oh, Woo. oh. Yeah, Wing and Phil are having fun with this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel that one in the morning. Oh yeah, and the, and the pizza you ate. Well, that wasn't a pun. Yeah, get out of here. You're fired. You're gonna be punished. For you gotta that. be punished for that. Get out the dream sickle. <laughs> dream. All right. So going on, what did Miyazaki do? So Miyazaki, to make sure that there were no cuts, as opposed to because a previous cut of his film, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, was cut down from its uh, original like 110 minute runtime to 80 minutes and, and called Warriors of the Wind. And when was uh, this made? This was the 1980s. This was the 1980s, so anime and, was barely known, basically. And Miyazaki kind of just got completely bummed out with trying to publish his works in the U.S. So what he did was when Disney got a contract... To do 
the Ghibli movies in America, he sent them a Japanese sword, which basically read, no cuts. And not just any sword, an authentic Japanese samurai I think we sword. Get, yeah. I think we, we, get, we get it. Was it a five-man sword? Huh? Was it a five-man oh, sword? Oh, go back to, back to One Piece? No, no, no. It wasn't it's a three-man like... sword. No, no, no. Actually, that's, a, that's an actual Japanese test, uh, test for, uh, uh, what do you call it, katanas? That was an actual test. They what would test it on actual dead bodies. Oh wow! Well, that's that's how you make sure that bit of information. That's how you make sure a sword works. Uh, okay, I, 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 on PBS, I saw this whole thing on Katana, oh, wow, so okay. that's beside the point. It was real interesting. So but can go we ahead. get back to One Piece? Yeah. I'm okay, sorry. so let's go back piece. to the good part of One Piece, the thing we're trying to introduce through our like very hazily done podcast. <laughs> okay, well, One Piece is good, but why is it good? What makes this good and the other one bad? Is back to the back to the topic. Um, I think the characters get fleshed out extremely. None of these the... are these are very three dimensional characters. These are you expect these kind of cartoons. Like Luffy is just this like normal normal is this wacky guy who gets into these situations through his naivety, but he has a very determined reason to do what he does. Yeah, because he has this dream, and he ain't gonna let nothing get in the way of him becoming the king of the pirates, king, queen. King. Yeah, he's got to get to the top. So. Um, that's that's his drive, and uh, one by one he gathers a crew, and each person that he gets is you know you you think Oda couldn't come up with another great Akira character. Oda, the author of the manga. You, you think he couldn't come up with a, like another three dimensional character with all these facets of of their life and he's backstory. He's been doing this for ten years, and he's still razor and sharp. And just to elaborate on this, in Japan they do around fifty chapters a year. Yeah, that's a lot of work. That's a lot. That's at least a thousand pages. I don't know how he keeps doing it. Every character in this show, the, and he brings back like almost every character. He, he's made a very, within the ten years that One Piece has run, he's made a very, very elaborate, like, world. long, like, gigantic world with all these different plots intervening with Luffy and his search for the One Piece. Right, every single person that that's almost every single person that's brought up into this story has significance on the story. You know, you're not going to find like a character that's like, oh, why is this character here? And then it's like, oh, later in the story, oh, hey, I remember them. That's awesome that they brought that back. You know, everything inter, inter, intertwines. Everything's connected. But this is, but seeing as this is the first 13 episodes, that doesn't really appear yet. Right now, I right now within this first arc, this is. This is just getting is, to know the characters. This is the great, first, yeah. like, fourth of the part I'd call the East Blue arc, which is, there's the, basically, the One Piece, which Luffy is searching for, is located in a place known as the Grand Line, and this is where the majority of the story takes place, but right now, the introductory arc, which is the first 52 episodes of the anime, uh, states the East Blue arc, which is basically Luffy getting the main crew together. Right, so you know it's it's fairly tame compared to like the later parts of the story, but you and know it's, it's not as complex. It's, it's it's definitely very simple, but it's uh, it works on that level to bring people in. It's very charming. It is, but it is like there's a oh, what scene am I thinking of? All the scenes. All the scenes are great. All the scenes are. There's great. nothing wrong with this anime. Well, there's a scene where um, <laughs> like Wing Zero, there's nothing wrong with him either. There's oh, a scene no, where. Perfect. Luffy and Perfect his. In no ways. Hey, hey, both of you! If you want to fight, go outside and have your. <laughs> it's funny. We all agreed that I kick ass. What's the I problem? Don't. <laughs> you want to I don't. I don't try Luffy. I let's shut up. There's a scene where where Luffy is basically stuck in a boat with his first mate Roronozoro, and basically he's like, "Man, I'm really hungry." 
hey, let's go get that bird. And Luffy, oh, yeah, wait, I haven't even elaborated that he has, yeah. po- he has powers. He has stretching powers. Yeah, rubber man. He's a rubber man, so, so to speak. He's, his body is made out of rubber. He can stretch his arms to get more strength into his punches. After eating the, what was the name of the fruit again? It's called the devil fruit. Devil fruit, yeah. Apparently in the One Piece world, what it is, is there, nobody knows where they come from so far, but there's some place, supposedly on the Grand Line, that these devil fruits come from. And they're magical fruits that imbue anybody who eats them with the power of a devil. Well, the not so much. Well, with the specific power, but in exchange for that, they become a, a they become base, a hammer. They become a hammer, and well, a hammer is in like a metaphor, as in they are unable to swim. They are they will sink in water, right? Because the sea forsakes them. Yes, right. So they can't. Uh, they touch salt water, they become paralyzed, or you know, they lose all their energy. So you could imagine this would be a big problems for somebody who wants to be the king of the pirates on, on a planet that's like eighty percent, ninety percent water. You look at maps of the show; it, it's it's there's like little islands, and then there's the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, there really. are no continents. They, they in definitely one piece. have more water on their planet than we have on. There are no continents in One Piece. Yeah, there's just basically one gigantic strip of land that goes across the uh, planet, like a belt, like and a belt. that's yeah. about it. And then random scattered islands. But in any case, he's like, man, we're both so hungry and we both don't know how to actually navigate a ship. Because we're both idiots. So we're both... <laughs> so I'm going to just stretch out and get this bird. Of course, what he doesn't realize from the perspective he's at is that it's a gigantic bird. The size and he, of a boat would be 52. Yes. And he gets... And he, he gets, gets picked up by the bird, by the head. <laughs> and it's and, funny. It's actually like... Yeah, even this, I found it amusing. Even A.V., who finds nothing in this world amusing... <laughs> Enjoyed One Piece, yes, which settled the soul of this angry, angry man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the that's the best recommendation I've ever heard. All right, yes, but, yes, yes, I am definitely an angry man. I guess angry we man. need we need to talk about the art style. This show is influenced on the art style of uh, Akira Toyama, which is all true for a lot of shows of this yeah, quality. Um, most of Japan has been influenced by Akira Toriyama, but I would I'd have to say that this show. It's a little more subtle than most animes. And it, well, when it wants to be serious, it's going to be serious. Right, but it's right, not right. like it the doesn't seem out. The of, yeah, the art style. It's not. It doesn't seem out of place either. No, no. I mean, they, they can true. have comedy and insert uh, insert a serious, you know, like part of part of the story, and it's almost seamless. You know, they really set it up perfectly. I don't know. And I don't know how it's to kind of it. like a Kira Toriyama, but it's kind of like Kira Toriyama meets the Looney Tunes. It has yeah, that there's a lot of cartoony stretching, especially it, since Luffy's made out of rubber. And there's, well, I meant the quality, the kind of character designs that the Looney Tunes had are present in the characters in One Piece. Oh, yeah, like uh, later in the series, for example, uh, like much, much later, but you can tell one of the characters had takes some references from uh, Popeye cartoons. There's a lot of characters that take a reference from Popeye characters, or... It's not entirely bad. It was, you know, it was a funny show in its time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, ta- we're just talking about it has an influence from old cartoons in this it takes, aspect. Yeah, it takes a lot of things from older cartoons and kind of injects them into, you know, this this huge world. I don't know. One Piece just has so much meat to it. Well, we're you talking know? about the art style. Yeah, I'm talking about the but art style. But obviously people think different... this is a very, people think this is a very ugly art style. You know, there it does change if for some reason you don't like it. There, uh, it'll eventually. Uh, well, let's talk about why that, people wouldn't like the art style. It's uh, it doesn't come off as a serious art style. I guess. It doesn't the come lines... off as the kind where you could actually find a good story from it. Right, and first, attach so, self to a character. Because at first look, it looks very <clears throat> amateurish. 
I don't know. It was. It, it's not digital. So it's maybe, digital. Hmm. It is digital animation. I first like thought that this series wasn't digital, but it must have been one of the first digital shows because a lot of the camera moves they do can't actually be done by a camera. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I think that. I know. I think I know what you're talking about now. Because okay, so I'll go back on my word. This is probably. This is definitely digital. Then. I, I honestly didn't know this, but. But I don't know. The art style doesn't lend itself to a serious show, and they work with it beautifully. Like absolutely, because they give these. They have these very nice watercolor, like uh, art st- artwork right now in this part right of the when show. when you when they pan out and show you a location, it looks really really nice. It changes later on, so that more of them are have more of a shell shaded kind of style. Right, not as much watercolor kind yeah. of paper style, but uh, they're both good in their own ways. Okay. Is there anything else we can say about this show? Well, I'm saying I, everything that uh, was bad about the 4Kids dub, I already said, fixed in this, it's completely perfect to source material. Zoro is not called Zolo anymore. There's cigarettes in, in Sanji's mouth. There's, uh, there's And racist mm, stereotypes galore. Everything from the original is in here, and I gotta say, it's on par with the original Japanese dubbing. It's very good dubbing. I give my compliments to Funimation. And the yeah. sound and music, I just have to say. I can, one thing that stood out for me, I'm very big into that. The music... <clears throat> was just really, really good. The music in One Piece is just wonderful. I, just, I love a lot of the background music. Right, it's reused sometimes, but even but, when you've heard a track that you've heard before, it's so fitting that they put it, you know, they space everything apart yeah. very, very well, so none of it becomes stale. And um, what else is there to say? Um, basically, if you want to get into One Piece, right now there is a $40 box set for the first 13 episodes. There is the first 16 volumes of manga out in America, and... Like, if you're interested, you know where to find these kinds of things. Yeah, Best Buy, Circus City, whatever. You uh, can find it. wink, wink. Hmm? Yeah, wink, wink. Wink, wink, nuts, nuts, at them all. All right, well, uh, I guess that's all I can like, say Like, we will One be revealing more One Piece in the future. Well, we'll talk about it more. If uh, if if they release the uh, next 13 episodes, you know, Well, I was talking soon. about some of the movies. Cause oh, yeah, yeah. Recent, right now they have Movie 8, which movie eight not is not the best movie because it's just it's basically a recap. It's of the... Alabasta arc, which they will not get to within at least a few years, just because of like they have to redub the whole show. Yeah, and they're redubbing. Well, they're redubbing the whole show. They're dubbing up to the point that four kids stopped. And they also have to do if they're going to do movies, they're going to have to dub those. And there's a new One Piece Wii game that they have to dub too. They just did that. I know, but there's a sequel to that that's coming to America, so they have to dub that as well. So they got their work cut out for them. And just to elaborate, this is a brown box set. This is not a yellow set with funny letters. Yeah, it just looks like, uh, it looks almost like a book. It's the only box out right now is season one, first void. Void. There's nothing else out. Everything else is for kids. Yeah, so you'll know where to see it. It'll say season one, first voyage. You'll see the first the four characters on the front. Just look for Funimation. If it says Funimation on it, you're it's gold. quality. And it except looks, for Speed Grapher. And yeah, I don't have to say the cover does kind of look better, you know, professional. Because well, I, I actually it's, have seen the old one, and it was it's very minimalist, but it's it's yeah, good. It's good. I, I like it the way it is. All right, so uh, if you have the money, I say give it a chance. Uh, get yourself uh, first thirteen episodes of One Piece. It's everything. The everything that's been uh, we can say about it has been said. It's like, absolutely amazing, and we've been ranting like nerds. All right, so uh, now for some more ranting. On to our main video game topic: Metal Gear Solid, the entire series. Oh. 
This is going to be a long Let me podcast. Let out here a little bit. Okay. So, main character of this uh, idea. a little old man called Bill who goes on adventures in a sky-scrolling rope world known as the Neverland. No, wait. That's, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing, yeah. That's uh, something. I'll come up with something later to attribute it to. Uh, okay, so <sighs> the main idea for, the, for this video game series is tactical espionage action. You're a... You're a secret agent kind of type of guy, almost like James Bond in a way, and uh, you're but a little bit more rugged, but yeah. more like more like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the Escape from L.A. Escape from New York? Oh, yeah, Escape, Escape well, from both... New York, but the, no, but actually, uh, Kujama kind of stole Kujima. it. What's the name? What's Kujima, the name? Of, I'm sorry, what's the Kujima. name of the character? For... Snake. No, I mean, what's, <laughs> no, who Pliskin. is he acted by? Snake Plissken. Who is he acted? Oh, oh, by? Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Yes. So you're playing as Kurt Russell. <laughs> and uh, you're and who's being voiced by the guy who did the strip for the X Men movies. Oh yeah, David Hayter. Like mm-hmm. David Hayter actually did, along with voicing Snake. He and did. supposedly he was like a co-writer of ER, which is going <laughs> to be going off the air in like a year or so. so. That's I'm surprised that's still up. But back yeah, to Metal so Gear Solid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're this you're this guy, and you're in a sneaking suit, and you got to sneak around enemy bases. And the object of mostly all the games is you're thrown into an environment and given basically nothing. You know, you got maybe like a knife or uh, some camouflage or something. Maybe you got cigarettes. You got cigarettes. cigarettes yeah. And uh, you got to sneak into the enemy base and find out what's going on and infiltrate it. That's the main basic idea. Uh, the whole entire overtone as you get into the series is almost, it's very political, would you say? It's very, the plot, plot was, it's very political. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, I don't know. For the first, the idea of the first game was uh, was genes. Yeah, and it right. was uh, it was about destiny. You know, control yeah. your own destiny. Because you're right. thrown into the game and you're like you're solid snake. You're this soldier, not given any real briefing. You know, give and, being and like, like listen, yeah. just go in there. And, you got to do this stuff. And, and I gotta add one thing. You know, one of the another theme of that game was. In, in in actuality, Snake really did not know what was going on. He really oh, was not a pawn. A, that seems to be a point of a lot of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the entire point right. of the entire game. I'm calling Statuette of Limitations on Metal Gear Solid 1. Ten years is Ten enough. years is definitely enough. If you haven't played it by now, too bad. Anyway, so Snake... Yeah, where have you been? Yeah, where have you been? Under a rock? Living your life? <laughs> on the moon? <laughs> on the backside? Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Snake, Snake was a pawn in his first mission. He was uh, injected a virus, an infectious virus that Old was... Fox this is yeah, to kill everybody he came in contact with that was, that was programmed into this virus's death code. And he wasn't told any of this. And uh, it's like, you kind of almost relate, because you're not told any of this like throughout Yourself. the whole game. It is played through the perception that Snake is as you, ignorant as we are in many ways. And, like, um, in fact, like, at the beginning, the game gives you these tutorials, like, to activate this button, just click through here and here and here. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it, let me go back to, the, uh, back to the gameplay. I think the gameplay, even though it changed between, like, first-person view sometimes and, like, third-person, and, I don't know, uh, what's, it's, it's overhead in the first one. That's not third-person, is it? It's, no, no, no. No, that's well, just anyway. overhead. That's, okay, so the first game was overhead, and, uh, I think that's... Overhead meaning that it's above, the camera is above you. Right, and then they made a remake, and that was... Uh, on the GameCube, it was called Twin Snakes. Right, It and... still had the overhead view, but you could change it. Right, right. Yeah. But I don't know, I never really did change it. That, 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 uh, that first-person view ruins at least one boss battle in that game. Why? So. Um, when you're fighting Revolver Ocelot, 
in uh, the fir the first time you actually fight him. If you go into first person view and you can just aim at him, it can you can see well, where. Well, isn't he is. that the point of? Well, yeah, that's this, more real. It's different from the first one, is all I'm saying. That's not how that boss battle I, works. Yeah, originally. but but wing, it is kind of more realistic that way. Like, uh, I don't I like suppose, the overhead but it's... view in that in that perspective. I'd rather have. I'd rather. It, be I found it kind of as if I was shooting a snake. I kind of found it tedious in the first game. Well, I guess that's why they changed it. But uh, you know, I've played the first one more than I've played the remake, so I guess that's why I'm more used to it. Yeah. Uh, the gameplay, I'd say, is really good in even in all the games. The AI is really smart, even in the first games. Like you'll uh, like if a guard. The main idea is to get into this whole entire area and find out what people are doing without being detected. That's why it's tactical espionage action. Yeah, and. and uh, you know, like if a guard like hears your footsteps, they'll they'll come walking. They're like, "Oh, what was that noise?" If you leave trails, like in the footsteps. snow, like in the first one, you're in Alaska, so you leave trails in the snow, and they'll go and find you. And uh, later in the third one, like if you're walking out of uh, like a swamp, mud, you know, they'll follow your footsteps. You make any noise, they're all over you. So you right. gotta hide. You gotta. You gotta like uh, hide behind corners. You gotta trees, you know, boxes. And if not, you gotta be side right lockers. In the face. Yeah. yeah, and if uh, and if they see you, they get an exclamation point above their head, and you're screwed. You gotta oh, run. You gotta oh, hide. Wait, wait, wait. Should I tell? Should I tell them the story of Metal Gear Solitude? Did I, I, I told you this story. Mm, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Know. What happened was now this is Metal Gear Solid Two. You're on like on board like an oil tanker type thing. That's all I'm gonna say. And okay, what happened was I I killed a guard. Put him into the next locker near me, and then, as just in, out of panic, I go into the locker next to his dead body. The trail of blood leads <coughs> right up to the locker. He first opens the locker next to me. The body falls down. Then he opens my locker, looks at me, then closes the locker. Under <laughs> any other circumstances, he should have just shot me dead. I had no life left. Now he's closing. I, I don't know. I'm but sorry. But maybe he thought but it you, was, you were dead. Yes, I was about to say, is but that an AI was, hiccup, or is it because he thought you were a dead no, body? No, it was, <laughs> no, no, no. It was just absolutely hilarious. Okay, I, I think I'm pretty sure Wings Era was there at the time. You may not remember, but it was, damn, it was just damn hilarious. And you asked me if it was an AI hiccup. No. The AI in Metal Gear Solid 2 was actually very good. There oh was, yeah, it was excellent. This I was remember. just a, this was just like a one out of a million chance. Like as you said, it was an AI hiccup. I don't know. Um, I'd say the game is, even though it has a very serious overtones, like, okay, you know, there's death, people are dying, you know, they're, they're monologuing as they die. Um, there are many funny, funny things about this game. Like the radio conversations you can have. Three, like, half of the reason I love Metal Gear Solid 3 is just, like, the radio conversations. They are amazing. There's a... They there's are a, a delight. In, they're a system in three... We, we were watching a Will Ferrell collection, so he's just been quoting Will Ferrell all day. That he has. Well, there's a part in three where you can eat anything you find off the ground because you're in the jungle. Right, you gotta subsist and, on uh, frogs and stuff. So what you do is you take this mushroom crap and eat it, and what it does is it charges your battery. Right, because your radar is charged by uh, batteries, and if. Uh, it's what are we, what Let's is, not yeah. try to equate this yet. All right. So when you go and talk to the frequency guy and you talk to the technical guy and say, "Hey, this mushroom cap increased my battery," he's like, "Hang on a second. It's because it was glowing." <laughs> and hang on, and he's talking to one of the other guys. Like, is he really that stupid? It's like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like a placebo effect. A, it's like he believes anything. He's an idiot. Just let him believe it. Yes, solid snake. Your batteries recharged because you ate a glowing mushroom. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, and that's just like one example. Even like what what they do with boxes alone. Oh my god, is that amazing? 
When I when I got to the box room in Metal Gear Solid 2, that was so freaking cool. <laughs> um, in the first game, they give you... Uh, there's like three boxes in that game. And uh, their secondary thing is if you go into a back of a truck, you, you put a box on, it'll ship you to another part of the uh, level. Wherever the, and uh, it's kind of like a teleport. But, but you have to know that's where, whatever is labeled on the box you're under. Right, right. But the main idea is uh, like... Like let's say a guard is following you, you put on a box, and then they think, "Oh, hey, it's just a box," and then they leave you alone. Yeah, that is you, awesome. Yeah, but you gotta place it right because I, I remember when I was playing Metal Gear Solid. Well, if you place it in the middle of the room, of course they're going to be. No, huh, no, no. This no, box actually, might mean no, no, something I, other I, than a box. Right, right. Better get <laughs> this over. I'm not that stupid, Phil and Wayne. No, what I was referring to is actually in Metal Gear Solid One, and I'm referring to the original PS. PlayStation version. The original well, version. What most right. people have like played. If, like, if you place the box near another box, I actually had an occasion, several occasions, where the guys would just automatically kick the box open. <laughs> and that wasn't fair. I was very well disguised near other boxes. <laughs> well, and they that, knew there would only be one box there. It's or a one-box facility. That, or did they just know that Avenger was playing the game, so they had to really... I don't think mind. the AI the game, is an asshole. That yeah, the, yeah the the just to me. Yeah, just to me, like not to anyone just, else. The AI is aware that the business that they're running is a one box they're only shipping one box they do not ship two more than two boxes oh, yeah, they're, they're on Alaskan Island I don't think they can really budget for anything more than that oh yeah but they, they can budget for like like 17 nuclear missiles but, yeah, but it, it oh, that's what they spent everything on that's, what, that's their mission that is the prime <laughs> objective of their terrorist group don't, don't try and insult what they do yeah okay. but like uh, let me continue there's tons of really good comedy there's a uh, like I don't know, almost back to the Venture Brothers, I feel like there's... That that show had a ton of, like, like uh, henchman humor. This this game has a bit... There's a, uh, there's a guard who is in every one of these games called Johnny Sasaki. And in the first Metal Gear Solid, you, you, can, uh, you can, like, hear a conversation of him when he's on the toilet. And his entire character is, like, he can't control his bowels. And you'd think that wouldn't be enough to build up a funny uh, character just by itself, but they made it work, and they kept on belting it out, and it's funnier every time Oop. I find them. Yeah, man, it's just funny stuff. They, there's tons of Easter eggs. Th- that character is an Easter egg. And they made him a main character in 4. Really? Yeah, um, Meryl's uh, f- uh, Foxhound unit. Uh, the the guy where he's just wearing shades and you can only see like a little bit of his eyes and it has his mouth covered over like a ninja and stuff like that. He's he's Johnny Sasaki. Oh, so they wow. made him a main character from like fan uh, fan request, I guess. <laughs> there's there's tons of good stuff. I never I went back and played Metal Gear Solid. I'd say a couple of months ago, and uh, I was messing with it because once you beat the game, you get the uh, invisibility camo. Yeah, and I never knew, but I tried it because, you know, I was crazy. I'm like, this is never going to work. But I turned invisible, I sneaked up behind a guard, and I placed some C4 on his back. And you can wow, do I that. Know you can do that. You can do that, wow. and then just wait for him to go by another guard, and then you press the trigger, and it's hilarious. Oh, I am so going home and trying that tonight. Yeah, you should. Me. It's in there. It's in the first Metal Gear Solid. I laughed so hard oh, that they I laughed laugh until I cried. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. Phil doesn't cry that often. Yeah, so I don't know the game. The games have controlled better each with each iteration. It, I will it's a regular yeah. evolution. It's definitely. not getting worse. It's getting better. Right. Um, I would say the only part back to the ninety-minute cutscene. Sometimes it does get. I don't know. You know, sometimes enough is enough, and you shouldn't well, like put too much content in a game. But if it's the last Metal Gear Solid game, I can kind of forgive it. Whatever. But you will have to admit, though, that. Okay, yeah, I'll. Uh, 
I'll have to say that there were some parts of Metal Gear Solid 2 where they just overdid it on the story in for, for too long of a time. Now, for instance, Metal Gear Solid 3, it was spaced out better. It, again, like you said, everything gets better with this series. This is one thing I thought was much greatly improved well, in this. As far as story, 3 and 2 are very separate in what they want to deliver. No, I know that, but what I'm just talking about the overall mechanics of it. you know, And the story in 3... Well, what do you mean? Gameplay mechanics? No, no, no. they're like the same. No, the storytelling mechanic. How they tell the story. Well, you know, the reason for... You know, Kojima gets a lot of flack for 2. I still think 2 is an absolutely amazing game. I love it to death. It's right. great. So do I. But, but... Uh, the main idea he wanted to do is like, okay, you're not playing a solid snake. It's like, okay, that's the first big surprise. And then they throw you into this story, and it's like, man, this is a lot like the first Metal Gear Solid 1. And you're happy because of that. But then they're like, oh, crap, Kojima's just been kind of controlling you. He's the, you know, he's the Patriots. He's been throwing you into these situations that you didn't like. You expected to play a Solid Snake. And it's just like a whole, like, mind bang on your entire psyche. Oh, definitely towards the end of the game when you start getting weird. Can we weird. elaborate on this? I don't know. The entire game, okay, people... You don't know? Yes, you do know. Yeah, people playing Metal Gear Solid 2, the first game came out, and then they're like, oh man, can't wait to play a Solid Snake in 3D. And you do for like maybe an hour. And then they, they're like, you, they, they make you think you're still playing a snake. And then so they take off the mask, and it's like, well, who's this Luke Skywalker looking pansy? You know, and then it's like, well, uh, this guy named Raiden, I guess, is, I guess I still get to shoot stuff, whatever. And then the story unfolds, and it's like, man, this is really, really similar to what I just played. And then they throw this thing at you where it's like, hey, this was just a giant, like, fabricated thing for your training. We, uh, the, go- the government was trying to figure out how to control people. And it's like, whoa. You know, it's well, like... <laughs> yeah, no, but I think you missed one point there. I think you missed also... one point. One specific one point. No, 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 no. This is a major... That was the general idea. No, 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 go no, ahead no. with actually, what you're saying. Actually, no, this is a major point you missed, and I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead, I don't go mean ahead. to offend you. No, but... no, 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 I missed things. Okay, uh, it was actually a battle simulation. Right, right, right. But it they, wasn't but, VR, but, no, no, I think. No, no, it no, 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 but they were doing it to create the optimal, optimal conditions to create the great soldier. Right, they want to mass produce them, and so it worked they, basically. The right. only thing that didn't happen that they got wrong is the actual solid snake dropped by. Right, that screwed everything up. Exactly, they weren't expecting that. Yeah, man, and uh, like you, you feel like you're in control for that whole number two game, and then you're like, okay, this was a lie. This person didn't exist. That was a computer program, and it's like, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, Kojima just really loves to screw with you, even with Metal Gear Solid Three. Metal Gear Solid 3, they didn't explain anything about who the main character was. They made you assume you were playing a Solid Snake yet again. And they called the character Snake, but guess what? It wasn't Snake. You're playing as Big Boss. And it's like, god damn it, Kojima. But, but, but I will <laughs> say one thing. I will say one thing about Him 3. and Sakurai are unrivaled for their trolling abilities. This is what I was trying to say earlier. That the story in 3 is extremely well-paced. I, I, and you will yeah. understand it. You won't have to play... Th- you need to understand the story in 3. It's he's saying okay, that three Phil, you want to punch in the nose? <laughs> Do it. Do you really want to try me? Uh, I don't think so. I don't people, think people, we have a podcast to talk to. We're talking about secret espionage people going Damn, in pow. and. <laughs> Never mind. I know there's a lot of interesting gameplay mechanics. There's there's so much in these games. You can 
just just messing with the guards alone, man. That's you knock out a guard, you can throw him off the boat. You knock off a guard, you can put him in a locker. You knock uh, out yeah. a guard, and then you can just like shake him down for all of his grenades and ammo and it's stuff. Pretty sweet. Not three mention, was the best. Not, lo- yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. Yeah, three, three was I the best. Three was yeah. The best. Um, Not to mention how good the graphics were in those cutscenes, and just amazing ooh, that they, they could do pushed that. On that the as far and there's as some. Se- um, let's can we go back to the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid because yeah, we're just talking about beyond just the espionage, beyond just the whole sneaking, hiding, around. sneaking around. There are some instant, interesting innovations in some of the boss fights. Oh man, those boss fights—they like, really do feel like old school boss fights. Well, I'm talking. No, 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 no. What, I'm talking what, what? about Psychomantis. Oh, oh yeah, that man. was the greatest. Psychomantis, spoiling everyone here. Psychomantis reads your memory card, tells you every Konami game you've played, and then vibrates the controller to move around. And then I'm you a- fight him, <laughs> and as you fight him, weird things happening, like the channel switches, or Hideo Vision, Hideo Vision, <laughs> or like. Or you can't move. You move reverse. The, the controls reverse. And what you have to do eventually is switch the control port. Into right. number two. Like, they tell you on the codec eventually if you don't figure it out. And that's how most people do, because they're like, what the hell is going on? But in the GameCube version, you have to keep <coughs> switching the ports through all four no, of no, the No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. No, you just put it right to four. That's on the harder difficulties, that's how it is. I'm telling you, you don't. Well, well I, I don't. you see, I, I'm wrong. super tough. I'm super tough. Okay, I switched skills. it on the fly. No, but the cool thing in the GameCube, of course, they'll read more than Konami games. They'll go be like, so I see you like to play Nintendo games. Woof, woof. What? Uh, How did you know? <laughs> on the Nintendo GameCube, you knew? What? Huh? It's like, I see you like to play F-Zero. Like, I don't know. Uh, Kojima's really good at just screwing with people. Even in um, the first game where it's like, hey, uh, hey, Snake, the uh, the code, Meryl's codec thing is on the back of the case. I'm like, Case. I don't have any case item in my item list. Check out. You son of a bitch. And it's the actual CD case. I'm like, it is the CD case for the game. He's reaching out into the real world. It's like, oh god. I'm not comfortable with right, this. But, and this. But, but, but we should specify that it's actually in the manual in the game hmm? case. That too. It's on both. Yeah, I know. It's it's like... And another... He toned down on that. Like in Snatcher, there's a lot of really fourth wall breaking. And, and, and it carries a bit into the later games, but... Uh, they, uh, I really like Snatcher for that. Like, there's this point uh, in the game where it's like there's a, uh, you all right? There's like some dripping in the background, like or, or some ticking, and you, it's like tick, 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 and it's like, hey, hey, uh, main character, turn up the volume on your TV. You know, it's like, did you hear that? You hear that ticking? Oh my God, it's a bomb! And then later <laughs> the bomb goes off, and then it's like if you don't turn on, turn down your volume, it's extremely loud, obviously, because it's an explosion. It's like, man, that explosion was huge. Yeah, you probably didn't turn the volume down. <laughs> <laughs> so um, to yeah. go back to Metal Gear and three, another boss fight I really liked was the one with the uh, oh the sniper. Oh, the end. The end. The, the end is one of the absolute best boss fights ever. That is such a like. A intense boss fight. Basically, this fight is you fight against the sniper, and the way to win is to sniper him. And this is like you sit down for a couple hours, you take a cup of coffee, and you snoop around the jungle looking for this guy, and then BAM! They hit me! And there's many different ways to fight this guy, even indirectly. One way you can kill the end is this dude's like 120 years old. He's been in like Civil War fights, and uh. I'm not even joking. They, they I think, mentioned I think stuff you're like right. that. I think you're right, Wayne. Anyway, so, uh, and uh, if you wait, if, like, let's say you're in the middle of a boss fight, and you're like, man, okay, I'm gonna come back to this later, and then a week passes, and uh, you come back to the game, and it's like, oh my god, he died. <laughs> <laughs> 
He oh my god, die. he dies! Yeah. He just dies of old age. He dies of old age, and it's like, I don't think this is how he we, he wanted to end it. You know, this was his final battle, and it's like, I feel sorry for him. Right. And then the guys on the codex like, who cares? You won! He was a he was a bad guy. He's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, you can kill him even earlier. There, how do you kill a, him earlier? Okay, game? well, the, again, I, I want to remind the listeners. There's, there's four large areas you have to hunt him down. Oh, it is a huge the, uh, Okay, I, I'm sorry. To answer your question... There, the other way you can hunt him down is to find his footsteps, and if I mean like his his footprints. He I, meant. I meant. He meant I'm the, not even talking about that. Indirectly, you can kill him before you even do the boss battle. Oh, oh, right, right, right. I forgot. In the in the beginning of the game, when you first see him, they're like wheeling him out for air. Now, mind you, he's in a wheelchair. You. This is right after you get the sniper rifle, like the first sniper rifle. You can shoot him if you shoot him and kill him. His his wheel him and his wheelchair explode, and the w- wheel of his wheelchair spins in the air and it hits you and kills you. Uh, it doesn't kill you. It kills you, does damage, but it doesn't. But it alerts everyone damage. in the area. Right, right. And, and he goes the end, and it kaboom with a bunch of <laughs> bunch of with a, with a really cool echo effect. But, yeah. yeah, that game is that's another example of it being comedic. It has great story, great you know plots, good gameplay. It's the whole shebang. I'm going to go as far as to say I think 3 had just as unique boss battles as 2, if not more so. All of them are really, really uh, unique. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 2 borrows a lot from 1 because uh, people wanted like a direct sequel. It's kind of like the Final Fantasy Syndrome almost. Or almost like how Twilight Princess is very similar to the Nintendo 64 Zeldas. Right. You know, he knew what the fans wanted. He put some stuff from the first game in. But he still differentiated it enough where it's a unique experience. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, uh, anything else we should say about Metal Gear Solid? Um, it's a good game. You should play the game. That's GameCube. really original. You should play Twin Snakes if you haven't played any of it because it's a nice update to the original version. Right? Is is it better than the original though? Should should I, I, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I've recommended it to a couple of my friends as as an improvement, and you know. The graphics are better, but that's not actually the reason why you should do it. It's just the me- gameplay mechanics are just just improved. Overall. I really only have one gripe with that game, is that the they took uh, many things from Metal Gear Solid 2 and put them into the first game's world, and that works on every level except for one. The uh, the artificial intelligence in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, they're really smart soldiers. And when you put them in a ver- in smaller areas from the first game, and, like, you have pretty small areas in the first game, it's it makes it harder. And right. that's either a plus or a minus, depending right. on how you used, you used to the game you are from the first game. But uh, I don't know. And you that's will, one thing I want to say. And I will say one thing. if You, you will <laughs> notice in the updated version of Metal Gear Solid 1 Twin Snakes for the GameCube, is the AI is even smarter than it was in Metal Gear Solid 2. As we, yeah, you, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, three, now, three, I'd like to make this point. Three, in the three Metal Gear Solid, the third Metal Gear Solid, I should say, the AI is not that smart, but there was a reason for it. You have to look at the context of the story. These were, these were like, half-assed Russian recruits in this game. Not to, not to offend any Russians, but this was the truth of the game. We're offending everyone here. Oh, like, Russians just, suck, Americans suck, This last week we're making fun of the Muslims. You can't forget about those Haitians, man. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But No, um, you aren't. <laughs> okay, hate on us! Phil, Phil, Make hits. Give our website hits. Give our site hits. Phil, you're dead. I'm, I'm, gonna say that I'm not already time. dead. You're already dead. Alright, alright. Getting and back to my... Was, uh, and then he was dead. But, the guy. Well, whatever. I want to be the guy. Alright, well, my point is that... I, 
you know, some I heard some of my friends who played three were a little bit angry that the AI was kind of dumber. But you know what? According to the story, that's correct. The AI would not have been as smart. I don't know. Maybe because I didn't look, notice. I mean, look, much. Metal Gear Solid one and two; these were advanced genome soldiers. You know, really intelligent, strong people. Right. But you can't expect a bunch of you know half-assed Russian recruits to be that smart. So whatever small gripes you have with the series, I mean, they're they're barely anything. It, they're great experiences. I own all of them except for four because it's not out yet. Same with me. Um, I don't own four because I'm not going to get a PS3. Do you guys think it's worth it to buy a PS3 just for this game? No. I, w- you know, if it were yeah. cheaper, if it were a cheaper system, I would seriously consider. If it, it. comes out for the 360, definitely get a 360. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't know. Great series. What, what more can I say about it? Man, next week we'll talk about something we don't like for a change of pace. Really? I don't know. I thought you wanted to talk about this, the North Star. Oh no, that's uh. Wait, so is this the ninth episode? This is the ninth episode. Then the next episode, here's a preview. It's going to be the Hokuto no Ken Fist of the North Star, tenth episode, spectacular. Just, just so ever, just so everyone knows, if I hadn't come on the show the first time, Wing Zero mo- most likely would have just gone on on and on and why he hated me. Really? <laughs> yes, and probably you. Too. I would go on about that too. All right. You so know what? Uh, I know what I'm not appreciating. You quit. You're fired. Uh, you can't fire me. I quit. All right, so. I can't fire you. You're not even getting paid. Damn anyway, it. so <laughs> next Avenger. week, tune in because we got uh, we got Fist of the North Star, and our video game will be the Fist of the North Star video game God Hand, and a little bit of the uh, Sammy uh, Arcade Fighter Fist of the North Star. So, uh, guess we'll see you guys next week. And, yes, and, and I will say I'll try and be back, but I, you know, I may not. I enjoy. I enjoy. He's a working this. man. He's, He's a working stuff. man. I do. I do like actually me. work. Yes. And everyone else here. All right, so see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.